Hello, and welcome to the Rathpeakin Pinecast. Before I introduce this week's episode, I would just like to say a massive thank you to everyone who has donated to the Rathpeakin Shave It Off campaign. We have raised over €8,000 for two fantastic charities. Absolutely speechless. The lads shaved their heads up at the pitch on Saturday evening, and while they may be a bit colder up on top, they are humbled and delighted with the money raised for Meals on Wheels and Marymount Hospice. The GoFundMe page will still be open for a few days if you'd like to donate, but once again, thank you so much. This episode is coming to you on a Monday rather than the usual Saturday due to the big shave that we had just gone. In true Pinecast style, we could have listened to our guests for a couple of hours, so this is another two-parter. Joe Mahoney talked us through growing up in Rathpeakin, defying the great Christy Ring for a game of basketball, and being the only working-class Irish man on a posh rugby team in Kent. So, have a great start to the week, and part two will be out Saturday. to the latest episode of the Rat Peak and Pinecast. You know, the Pinecast, as you know, at this stage is where we are having a chat with a different member um, associated with Rat Peak and J Club every week um, over a pint or a drink or a cup of tea, whatever you're having yourself. Um, this week in the interview chair, Cormac and myself are, are delighted actually to be joined by Joe Manny, um, someone with a long history with Rat Peak and, you know, he's Rat Peak and to the core. Joe, welcome. How's the farm? Fine, thank you. Glad to be here. I tell you, Joe, we're looking forward. We're looking forward to this conversation now. But I tell you what, let's start. I know we're going to go back into the history, and there's there's many a story there. That, but I, I think we just like we'll touch on the last twelve months. Um, you know, it's been, geez, like everybody who comes on to the podcast has been. Nobody's lived through a, a twelve months like it. Um, so how has it been for for you? How, how have you found the last twelve months? Look, it's great that there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. I think coming up. You know, how how have you found it? Um. Probably not as um, confining as maybe both of you, because I know you're, you are, you know, very IT savvy. Maybe that's even, I, I'm sure, I think it's Denny's, it's Dennis's line of work. With me, it's more on construction, obviously. So, it, mm. yeah, at the beginning, right, yeah, it was, um, everybody was taking it extremely seriously. I wasn't, you know, like, uh, the job I was on came to a halt that had to. Um, because of the very nature of it, people weren't allowed to travel. But um, very quickly afterwards, um, I was doing various, I do a lot of stonework, so I was asked to do one-off out in the open, um, even the build-up, and I, I was delighted because I enjoy walking on my own, listening to the radio and all that. Um, they were asking me as if like I was doing them a huge favour, would I do the walk without a labourer? Because... Yeah. Because they couldn't travel and it was complicating it. So it suited me totally. So I had no problem. So by and large, I suppose I didn't find the whole experience as confining as most people. I I was blessed in it around that time as well. I I was asked to con- to convert um, a garage into a kind of a living quarter so the woman of the house could mm-hmm. rent it out. So I got stuck into that. That was a good few months. So basically, 
It was rather painless by and large in comparison to some people. I don't know how some people have survived this. With walking from home, wife at home, children at home. I think that's your ex- your yeah, yeah. experience. I would find that extremely difficult. I'm, I know yeah, I know everybody loves their wife and children yeah. and all that, but I know I'm speaking to people. I know they found it very stressful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's true, Joe. And I think that you know the point you make about being outside and your work. I think you, you um, and we'll get onto this in a minute now. But Claire's um, John Bernard, oh John Walsh over there. Being a farmer is out, um, you know, most of the day and, and a bit like that now, it hasn't really impacted. And I think that's actually a good place to start, Joe. Look, geez, you know, you're, I've known you for as long as you, you've been here. And if I was asked, I'd say, look, Joe's been in Rappeaking for the last hundred years, at least from, from what I heard. But let's go right back. Are you are you a Rappeaking man born and bred or have you come into the area? We came into the... What's your, your bag? We're right? only blowings. We came in in 1965. We, we were all born on a farm in Watergrass Hill. In fact, the name on my sister's house, Coney Bag, that was the name of our mm-hmm. townland in, in Watergrass Hill by the Ballandinus race course. My mother okay. was a farmer there and my father married in and six kids and my mother sorted, well, my mum and dad sorted in 1965, lived very briefly in Cove, thankfully, and moved from there to Rappeakin. And um, in fact... My mother, when she viewed the house, she had decided against buying it. I'm not sure why, maybe six young kids buy a busy Mallow Road and a railway line. And only on the way back in town, the taxi driver said to her, um, basically, have you children? He asked, or had you children? Blah, blah. And then he said, wow, what a lovely place. Uh, two miles, primary school across the road. Basically, He must have known the area. And it yeah. changed my mother's mind. I think this is roughly how it went. I remember she... You know, she taught us a few times and um, she kind of looked at it through different from a different perspective and she kind of decided to buy it, which was fantastic, obviously. Wonderful. It was a wonderful experience growing up in Rappeak and I'd have to say. Yeah, it is. It's actually a great location there. Like you're in walking fantastic. distance of, of, you know, the school and squire and all the rest so all right so so look you 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 i wouldn't consider that a blow in now joe from from where you're where you're saying you have to to know. be blowing but how and ever it's all it's all relative it's all relative so i i believe you might take us back to your early playing days um hurling and football days uh i believe you started out in in the glen it wasn't rapik and so um it was tell us a little bit about it was actually there. to be honest it was in the north mine um but like a group of us who used to go into John V's field next door, Liam Bannon, um, my brother Timmy, Richie, Ted Sullivan down the road, people you wouldn't know, Carmack, they're gone a long time. Ted is in America for a year. But we used to go in and we used to mostly football, soccer or Gaelic football, not much soccer, not much hauling or anything. But we used to go in there and I never really considered sport, you know, proper GAA because... Mm-hmm. To be honest, we, we didn't get a television until I was about 12. So it, the whole experience to me was just having fun with my mates. But then I went into the North Man and my brother had gone mm. before me. My brother was a very good player, Richie. And he had been on all the Man teams. The Glen came looking for him. And then when I went into the Man, yeah. I, did, I didn't really know this. Like, they, they, they immediately jumped on me and said, look, you'll be up training, will you? And so I went up anyway and... Um, Huge amount of players. I, I thought this is insane. Um, there must have been four teams of 15. 
Wow. Right from the get go, I did, I got picked in the mine. I was I played half the cup in third year, four and fifth and sixth year. Loved it. Like it was at that time the Hearty was a mag huge tournament. When I played in third year, it was thirteen aside. And uh, the whole half forward line was uh, or, or was a third year, which is unusual because like, we had three years, me, John Sullivan, and Jim Nodwell. We played, we were we were the half forward line picked against Farm Ferris. They were going for four in a row and down in the park, he Keeve Park with the Gaelic Athletic Grounds. So that was a huge both schools were at it, you know, the team photographing the examiner and everything. We got well trounced. They they toasted us, they were a tremendous team. Was there many Cork players after came out of those hearty teams when you had those four in a row rivalries and stuff? Huge, huge amount. In sixth year, we were hot favourites to win it. Like as a three of us had played three, or four of us had played three years. Pat Hogan as well from the Glen, a great okay. player. He was three years a Cork minor. In sixth year, we had um, six Cork minors and we still didn't beat Flannins. Huge disappointment. We underestimated him, but looking back now, they were handing out holding scholarships under a different, like not officially, but they were bringing in players. The team that played against us, they had Tipperary, Water, Limerick, Clare, Galway, and they were all boarding. So they, they lived and breathed holding. A lot of them were farmers' sons. We, I, I was probably mm. one of the greatest disappointments of my life. I was convinced we were going to win it. We had a great team. But uh, on the day, yeah. they were dad, they were, they were, like grown men, like we were like, yeah, yeah. we were young fellas in comparison, like, and they beat us. And um, tremendous. Did they beat you well, Joe? Did they beat you well on the day? No, I remember it? the score, two six to six points. Oh, and yeah. and I tell you a good one. The principal of the school the following day, the cad insult injury. He, we all went into school on Monday. We were bitterly disappointed. And uh, he only gave two of us a day off. He told two of us to go home because we were the only two players that did ourselves justice. And I was, that's a fact, and I'm making that up. Me and Jim Nodwell, we were the only two to talk go home. The rest of them had to stay in school. The, the Hearty Cup, obviously I'm not, you probably know Joe Horland's not in my blood, right? Yeah. But the, the Hearty Cup um, is so is taken so seriously here. Like I was even listening to an interview about a young fella on the radio, was it probably Red FM, was asked what did he miss most about um, being in school, and he said playing in the Hearty Cup. Um, <laughs> you know that it's it it meant that much to them. You know, um, so clearly it's it did way back then. It was just as important as it, it is, is now. Well, Cormac, at the time, it's not so important. It's not so big in the mind. It's they just are not able to feel the teams. But at the time, like you had Dennis Sal mm. Waterford, you had Fan Ferris, you had Coleman's, another boarding school, Flannin's a boarding school, you had Tully CBS, like you had one major school, Creef 3, Twinix, they had won it in 1970, they won the football and hauling. They, they all went on to win all Ireland senior hauling and football medals. They were, they were just a one off team, Creef 3. They've never won it since. Yeah. Um, so it yeah. was massive. Yeah. It was a real hauling nursery. It was this. I mean, there were people who got into the Cork Minor um, from the mine. This back in the sixties, mm. they say it was harder to get into their mine hearty team nearly than to get into the Cork Minor team. Go where? Wow! Just the dynamics. If the Glen won the county, yeah. or the Bears won the county the year before, they would be they would supply so many for the Cork Miners, but. Um, but that's probably a slight exaggeration. Mm. But honestly, yeah. it was 
it, the, the, man, the, man, the man team that I played with had fellas from, I played with Tom Cashman from the Rockies in Torgio. He was a great player. They had fellas from the Bears, Iniscara, um, Ahabolog, uh, Carrigaline, mm. you know, Shambali Moore, yeah. Sarles, Huge, it's interesting. huge pick. I mean, the, the Farron Ferris and the Mon Rivoli was massive back then. But I remember, Joe, it was a few years later, I guess, in the mid-80s, when I started in Farron Ferris. And I think Farron might have won it last. They might have won the All-Ireland in 84, perhaps. I think Mark Foley yeah. in that crowd runner. And Farron always got a good few good West Cork hurlers, if that makes sense. But we didn't win a hearty match, not even just a match, in my time in Farron, in the five years I was up there. You know, wow. having come from the four in a row wow. in the 70s, and then they won an All-Ireland in 84. So I started at 86, and not a single match we won. You know, and it's like, Jesus, mm, incredible. Mm. Right? And, and it was still massive because it was, you know, coming back off the back of it. And like, like you say, you, the, the players would get days off and, you know, you get introduced to the whole the whole school up on the stage and things like that. And it was a huge occasion. Yeah. And bus loads going up to, yeah. like you say, going up to play Fannins or De La Sala or whoever, you know. The real bizarre thing, Joe, is it was actually a game of basketball that got you into trouble with, with a Cork legend, Christy Ring. Um, <laughs> you know, would you would you would you like uh, would you like to tell that story as to how a game of basketball became between yourself and, and oh, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I suppose by the t- by the age of twenty, um, Dinny, you'd understand this. I was really I had played a lot of hauling, like I um. I think I I think I mean I know I'm blowing my own trumpet, but I, I just put things in perspective. I think I'm the youngest Glen player ever to win a minor county. I won it under 15. I only came on in the final. Patrick Horgan played the whole game, and at the reunion, the Tottenham reunion there, he asked me, What month were you born? I said, September. He said, I was born in February. So he was older than me. Because right. up to then he thought he was the youngest, but he played the whole game. I only played about 10 or 12 minutes at the end. But I played I played four years minor and six, five years under 21 and all that. So by the time I got to 2021, I was, I did not, I had plenty of holding. I had enough of it. And I got a very bad injury and I was an apprentice mason. So anyway, I came back from that. I nearly lost my job because I couldn't walk. I got, I got a really bad, a deliberate belt off a guy from Douglas. We were beating them well and they, you might lost a rag with me and gave me a slap. I was in the hospital overnight. So by the time I got back to walk in a I was warned by uh, the boss. He was a rugby man, no interest in care. He said, Manny, you get injured again, you can, you might just, you know, you don't come back. So I decided, right, that's me gone from holding for a while. So I'm up in the Rapican school and we were playing mixed basketball, three guys, two girls, we were, and we were playing Blarney the same day. And uh, uh, <laughs> I, like, don't get me wrong, I was not good at basketball. Anybody that ever saw me told me I was, just, <laughs> I was a Gaelic footballer playing basketball. But I used to love it. It was just good fun. And um, so the team was announced in me, John Lynch, and I think John Maguire were the three starters, and then two girls, Judith Lynch and Valerie Cotter. So we were just about to, in the middle of my next second, I hear somebody shouting at me, Joe Manny! And it was Christy Ring. <laughs> and apparently... I'd, I'd been picked to play intermediate against Mallow down and play down in Mallow. The last thing in the world no, I wanted to do, like, and uh, they had gone over to my house and um, asked my mother where I was because apparently, like, I was late. There was a bus going down, and of course, I was on the way. So, Christy and Davey O'Brien, the president, they stopped, they said they'd pick me up. They thought I'd be waiting there. I don't even remember whether I knew about the game, but I certainly wasn't going to play. 
You know, Christy starts roaring abuse at me. We're going to be late over you. Come on. Um, I think my mother was after giving him my gear, if I remember. Davey was saying, come on. I said, I'm not going. Like, this was heresy. What do you mean you're not imagine. going? You're picked. I said, I'm not going. I'm not playing. I have no interest. I'm not playing. I'm only back from injury. I, but I had, unfortunately, I had been training for a week or two. And I think it was, I'm not sure now, I think it was Intermediate Championship. We were playing them out somewhere. I don't know, probably Clyde. I don't know. Last thing I wanted, we got out and get mm. these guys were mallow like and Bally Hay and all them for this. They hated the Glen. They all grown men. I was a small little, that time I was a little skinny 20 year old. Anyway, Christy goes, Christy thought I was joking. He goes, Come on, no, 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 for the joke. Get into the car. Come on, we're going to be late. I, I'm, I'm not going. I said, I have a match to play here. And then, of course, that was. <laughs> Do you imagine Christy? Christy probably came one leg. Well, all due respects to the man. Oh, no, no, I mean, I, I had great respect for the man. I quite liked him. Anyway, next second, anyway, he caught me by the throat and he banged my head off the wall because oh, yeah. he knew at this stage I wasn't going to go. I got off the TV and said, Davey, go. I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm seriously not playing. I'm not in the, I have no mindset for this game. I'm only back from injury. I'm going to lose my job. And he goes, come on, Christy, come on, time to go. He's not going to play. And then Christy caught me by the throat and whacked my head off the wall and called me a coward with a few more expletives thrown in. And uh, <laughs> yes. everybody everybody was staring. This was like drama of the highest order. And, uh, Jesus yeah, Christ, I mean, God. okay, it was embarrassing and all that. But as soon as the car pulled out, I felt quite relieved. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. a bit of a... He didn't hurt me that bad, but he did bang my head like, man, he was not taking no for an answer. Yeah. Tom, that didn't do much for my reputation. But sure. Did you win the basketball match, though, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, though, oh, gee, I don't know about it. It was just fun. It was the difference between, yeah. like, Denny, you played with the, like, every yeah. game with the Glen, even it, like, no matter what, like, it was like, do or die, and, and no matter what you win, or sorry, won, there was always another game the following weekend. And I quite enjoyed it for a long time. And I loved, I especially loved Gaelic football. I never ever got injured playing Gaelic and I loved it. But the hurling back in the 1970s, Cormac, down here, especially mm. if you wore any of the big city jerseys, the Rockies, the Bears or the Glen, mm. you were a target because, and it was justified. They were all called the Porchers, the Glen in particular. Yeah. They brought in players, a good up-and-coming player from Ballincollig or Inniscarra. Oh, I mean, I played with guys from Leash, from Galway, Limerick. Um, they came to Cork. They weren't going to play with Aaron Zone or anyone like that, or even Sales. Some did, some girls did. They wanted to play with the big three, the Glen, the Bears and the Rockies, yeah. because year after year, these three clubs were winning the All Ireland Club. They were winning the Cork County, and if you got in, if you got into the, one of these big teams, you stood a chance of playing into county. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, playing into county. Yeah. And so they then, but they drained not most of the talent. Most of the Glen talent I played with was homegrown. Simple as that. But there was, but any. They, yeah. We just had a reputation for being poachers. So when you went out to play the country teams, yeah. junior A, <clears throat> intermediate or senior, league or championship, you were, honestly, and the referees would 
would would err on the side of the, the the smaller clubs. There's no doubt about it. Underdog, yeah. So when you say Joe that they, that they, they were targeted, was it just pure physical? Um, hitting like compared to today, I mean, on physical today, guys will run all day long and they're all strong. But was this like off the ball type hitting and that type of thing that was going on? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And some of the yeah. and don't okay. get me wrong, some of the some of the Glen Hard men, they were masters at handing it out. I wouldn't say they were necessarily dirty, yeah. but if anyone took liberties with the great players, the, the Patsy Hearts or the Joy Sullivans or Teddy O'Brien or them people, yeah. man, they, they were hard. You'd get it back in spades. Um, yes, spades. yes, yeah. you'd get you'd get you'd get verbal abuse from the definitely from the bank. You'd get it from players as well. They'd be hit, they'd hit, they would like me of five foot seven, that's what I was, and in my prime it was ten and a half stone. Yeah. Like, so I was light, fast, and they would always set out to, to slow you down, and they would they'd hit you off the ball, not a bottle. There was no the umpires weren't exactly neutral. The linesmen wouldn't really get involved. Hulling was a lot. Um, mm. I have absolutely no doubt Hulling today is far more skillful than it has ever been, but Hulling was unreally mm. physical and quite intimidating. You really had to get quite psyched up to. To, eat, yeah. to enjoy the game or to even to survive, survive it. If you were seen as a soft target, then you wouldn't be long getting soft at all. trouble. You will. Joe, Joe mm-hmm. like you describe it there, so they're not necessarily dirty, but, but hard as nails. And, you know, those city clubs are winning, winning all Ireland's and coinciding with Cork winning yeah. trains in a row and whatnot back in those days. Do you think that's yeah. why Cork were winning those all Ireland's? Because they were hardier or playing closer to the edge back then? Or was it just no, a different time? No, I don't. I think, no, I don't. I think I was blessed. No, I can't say, I can't say about the 60s. I can't say that. But I can say that I, I, I played with and against Stephen McCartan, Tom Cashman, uh, Finn Bardellini from the Rockies. Uh, what other inter-county players? Fantastic talent. Patrick Hall, Pat Hawkins from the Glen. Unbelievable talent. They were not in the... Tom Cashman, I'd say, never pulled a full stroke in his life. Neither did Jim McCartan, and certainly Pat Horgan didn't. They were just, just a blessed, talented. Yeah. You had Jim Barry Murphy thrown in, Ray yeah. Cummins. You had an unbelievable yeah. array of talent. To get into the Cork senior team that time yeah. was really difficult. No, not, not close to the edge. I think yeah. other counties were yeah. probably okay. more that way to, to make up for the deficit. And Joe, just before we move on to the next the next phase of your your career, uh, did you ever make up with Christy uh, Christy Ring after that episode, or was that the end of the relationship? <laughs> I never had much to do with him. I wasn't the senior panel right up to the time he died. Um, I, I had good times with him. He trained me. I trained. I trained on him for the got to three years. That was the only real. That was the mm. only time I had a difference with him. He, well, forgive and forget. Like, okay, I didn't play that day, yeah. but I played plenty of games in my time, and uh, I, I gave the Glen good service. He, he, we won the minor county in '76. He was our coach, and he was like, he was, and he was coaching the Glen seniors. I was he at the same time with Johnny Clifford? So yeah, I, I did make it up. Yeah, I played plenty of matches afterwards. Yeah. He wouldn't be long telling you. He wouldn't be long telling you during the game or after it that you were rubbish or that you played well. To get a compliment from him was wasn't that easy. He he you could imagine right. his standards. But he was a, generally he was quite an affable man. Um 
And he took, because you wore the Glen jersey, he cut you setting them out to slack. He was very yeah. critical. He was unbelievably critical of other players and in jersey, in other jerseys. Like, you know, he, he had a blind spot for the Glen. We'll get on to the rap he can play games in a minute, Joe, but there's a, there's a good friend of yours, um, Stephen Hayes, and he was a very good rugby player as well, and I think he played rap Pekin. Do you think there's all yeah. these very good players are good at every sport, or is there, there must be some correlation there, right? To just uh, if you've got it, you've good, got it, you've good, got it. Yes, yeah, uh, he certainly. I would imagine because of the hand and eye coordination, the mixture of holding and football. I would imagine if Tom Cashman had played out half in rugby, he would have been up there with Ralph Keys. I have no doubt about mm, that. Same really? with Damon McCartan. Tom Cashman was an international... He was a whole lot of footballer and he was an international soccer player. You know? I do. I think that if you're good at board holding and football, I don't think there are too many sports you wouldn't be good at. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 You've played a bit of rugby yourself, Joe, did you? Yeah, I played, yeah. My, I took it up in England. Um, played with an extremely posh team purely because I could catch the ball and kick, and I started out full-back with a very posh club down in Kent, and I played with them for six years, and it was absolutely, probably one of the, you know, definitely one of my best playing experiences. They were, I was the only working-class guy on the team. Yeah. Um, they were all professionals, and wonderful bunch of lads. I was the only Irishman on the team. I went from full-back to out-half in about in about a year, when I got the rudiments of the game. Um, very easy position to play in comparison to Gaelic football, Carmack. You might know wing back for yeah. Castlehaven, the ball is kicked out and there's six or eight guys jumping for the ball. Whereas out half, yeah. ball goes into the scrum. I'm standing 10, 15 yards back. Usually the scrum half is gifted. A quick pass. There's no one behind you. There's no one. On, yeah. everybody, everybody's in front. So I must, I know it was a poor level of rugby, but I found it really, I, I really enjoyed it. When did you go over to the to, to England and uh, how long were you over there? I went over in 1984, Carmel. Okay, 1984. And, I, and did you? I stayed for about seven years. Came back then. Rapican won the Junior B County in '91, and I stayed. We I played out that, and then I went back over for about the guts of two years. Came back then in '93, stroke '94, and stayed here. Then we get on to the England there in a the second, Joe, a little bit, but. Just on the rugby again, you said you played out half and full back, and like you wouldn't be the tallest man in the world either, Joe, right? And but how did you, Joe, when you're playing the rugby over in England, and like you said, you're the only Irish man and the working class man on the team, and this big Muhammad of a, an English lad was coming towards you? Obviously, uh, did the GA have anything? Did it help you in that situation, or did you have to learn a whole set of new skills? Or I would do the discreet sidestep. <laughs> <laughs> I. My my allegiance was to the Glen. I wasn't going to leave my blood, my guts <laughs> on any pitch down in Kent. To be honest with you, it didn't happen that all that often, Dinny, because like I did have to tackle. They say the same about the, all the great players. Like Ron, like trust me, Ralph Keesel was about as good a player as I ever saw in my life. He won yeah. when he won the All Ireland League in 1991. I was at a lot of the games because Stephen Hayes played in every one of those games. Ralph Keyes wasn't tackled once in that whole campaign. He wasn't yeah. tackled once. Yeah. That is an absolute fact. And and he tackled maybe a little bit more than that. Ralph was absolutely, I mean, he was a wonderful player altogether. But like on old half, you don't see Bray, Tom Brady 
taking down too many guys either. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm yeah. not comparing myself to that. But the, the yeah. old half, the old half isn't really expected when he's about five foot seven like me to be tackling these monsters because they'll run at you anyway. The main, the main, my main priority was to stay out of trouble, and and the players kind of expected me. No, don't get me wrong. I um, I did have to. Of course, I had to tackle, but um, you, there's a way of tackling without getting hot. Like I, I picked yeah. it up. Like these guys were serious about their rugby. We trained every Wednesday, and uh, we used to use rugby league, which is a great way to learn the game. We used to do league so that you the the players pick the ball close to you. They're not running it like normal, like at 30 miles an hour. They're, they're running short, short busts, and you learn to grab around the knees and drop. And it's not that difficult, Denny. I mean, people, there's yeah. a guy there, Casey, at the moment from Limerick. I, I saw him playing in uh, the Irish on the 20s last year or two years ago against he France. Year. He, he knocked some big boys that night, and he's, he, it's, he's even smaller than Stringer. I, I, yeah. I 100% think, though, that when you're that small, it does really limit, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. There's not too many other players around the world who mm. were, you know, who were a smaller stringer. I saw I see laugh when he was a stringer, five yeah. foot seven. I saw him. This guy was at a match one time, and he he was down as five foot seven. I had stringer like when he was playing with UCC, and uh, he's about three or four inches smaller than me. So if he, I must be about six foot tall in that case. And <laughs> <laughs> listen, Joe, I'm just curious. Um, was there an Irish element to the rugby club? Like, how does a, a man from Rappeakin who specialises in Horland get get um, dragged into playing um, for a posh, as you said yourself, a posh rugby team? I tell you how. I got a guy to play a Gaelic football match with us. Well, I was taking Gaelic up in Watford. With the Glen, they were called the Glen Rovers. Richie went before me, and then my boss was the manager. And he got me to play fabulous again, very enjoyable. Like again, all around the country. Most of them were from the north, Monaghan, Tyrone, Donegal. And mm. um, I got this English lad that had lived in Mill Street to, to play. Mm. Grand player. He was a grand player. He played with Bohub Wee Comprehensive. He was only about 18 or 19, so he had gone back to England, but was still fresh. And he played cornerback. And then he said to me, um, you know, I, I play rugby there. Would you be interested? Because I was going to do nothing for the summer. Oh, sorry, for the winter, for the winter. And he said, would right. you come down and play rugby with us? You'll enjoy the lads. I said, I'll give it a lash. Mm-hmm. 